look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. And we talk about uh, business owners and succession planning. But let's talk very specifically about um, succession planning or passing along a farm. Because that can be a complicated transaction. Probably one of the most complicated transactions when moving, uh, when you know, business succession. We think of, we don't always think of, first of all, farms as businesses because they are. Um, and, and, And to pass it on to a buyer, your, your next generation, Family, yep. it, it, gets, it gets very complex. There's a whole bunch of issues that come up, and a lot of people don't plan for it. Christy Young is with us today, founder and executive director of uh, FarmLink. Christy, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. So let's, uh, let's maybe just kick things off. So, you know, why are so many farmers retiring without succession plans? Uh, well, as you mentioned, it's, a, it's actually a really complicated, hard conversation to have, and it's not just one, it's many, year after year after year, and there's many people involved in that conversation. And I, I think farmers in general are reticent to talk about anything, really. They're, they're usually understated, they kind of keep to their opinions to themselves, and yep. I think that succession is one of those really um, raw, emotional topics for them. It's the end of their life. It's the end of the life of their farm, their life's pursuit. And they, you know, they're going to have to give it up in some way, shape, or form. And it's, it's just too hard to have the conversation, so they don't. Yeah, it, it, you're correct. I mean, we deal with lots of uh, farmers and business owners, and it is a, it's, it's very difficult to think about uh, that you know, thing you've built for over the past 40 or 50 years. But let's, let's talk about maybe how big this potential problem is. So, so how many or what portion of uh, farmers are due to retire soon and, to the best of your knowledge, maybe don't have succession plans in place right now? Well, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but we do have the StatScan data that lets us know a little bit about what's happening in the farm community. More than half are over 55. Yeah. More are over 70 than are under 35. So that's a pretty huge demographic spread. Uh, and we know that 92% don't have written succession plans. Some of those might have ideas in their head. They might have kind of handshake deals or they've mentioned something to someone in passing. But what we do know is that there's, there is no clear process happening for about 92% of farmers. So, so what makes a good succession plan considering all these issues and risks that are out there? Well... <laughs> It really depends on the, the farm and depends on if you're transferring in the family. Uh, I'd say that the best succession plan starts about 10 to 15 years before you're actually done with the succession. Mm-hmm. It, it cannot happen in a year. Uh, it maybe could happen over a five-year period. But even if it's going to happen over five years, if you haven't been talking about it before that, then you're, you're going to be playing catch-up and a lot of things will be in play that are almost um, then become prohibitive for certain types of succession. So we get calls from farmers who don't have successors, and they'll call us and they'll say, I I really want to sell my farm to a new farmer, but I need to sell it by the end of the week, and it's $5 million. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and for a new farmer, it's really important for outgoing farmers to understand that the, the terms of buying a farm are completely different now than when they started. They bought their farms for $17,000. Maybe they had a piece of land from their parents that they could put up as a security. But now we're talking about multi-million dollar farm properties, and just the property alone, not the all the operating costs that would go into getting a business off the ground. Mm-hmm. And farmers need at least 25% down to get mortgage insurance. And, up, and they often have to pay up to 50% of the sale price to be able to buy a farm. And that's, that is an enormous amount of cash, like two hundred and fifty to $500,000 for a, a million-dollar farm property. And what farmer who's been working on a farm has that money in the bank? So what if somebody's thinking about it, for all of our listeners that are perhaps farming and now thinking you know in advance a little bit what tell me where they should start this process uh well i would say that um they they could go to farmlink.net which is Mm -hmm. the platform we've created uh, and we created it partly because we were getting a lot of calls from outgoing farmers retiring farmers uh, landowners who were looking for farmers and uh, we also work with a uh, well, over the last 10 years, we've worked with over 6,000 new farmers, new entrants who are mm-hmm. young people from non-farm backgrounds, new Canadian second career farmers. And they're, they're all desperately looking for a farm property, but they don't necessarily live in the, the rural communities where these farms are going up for sale. They don't know somebody. So the, the, the intention with farmlink.net is it's a matchmaking platform. It's kind of a cross between a real estate a site like realtor.ca and a dating site. So there's hard property facts, information about what buildings you have on site, how many acres, what it's been used for, uh, and in terms of the farm seekers, what their business plan is, how much acreage they're looking for, what they want to do. And then there's a layer of um, who you are, what you want, what is your vision, what are your principles, um, so you can decide if this person's going to be the right fit. And it, it really is a business relationship and it's a personal relationship. And so if, if you don't have a successor, it's worth just starting to look around because they're not necessarily in your communities, but they're out there. Mm-hmm. And, and so for the farmer who's thinking of the transition, um, you said 90-some-odd percent don't have a, a, a written succession, succession plan. plan. What's the yeah. importance of a written succession plan and what kind of detail would they have in there? Just generally speaking, we don't need to go into the gory detail. Yeah, well, it depends on how your succession is happening. If you're creating a corporation and you're going to start to, to tr- sell shares to a new generation, whoever that might be, um, that's one way to go about transferring your farm property. So mm-hmm. you retain ownership and maybe you have a majority ownership and then Slowly, you, you identify when that majority ownership might transfer, what those shares are valued at, um, how the other people related to the farm are going to get their money out of the farm property. Mm-hmm. Um, some people start to use whole life insurance policies to help with the transfer of wealth so that there's, there's something that can be um, cashed out at the end of life tax-free. And that the farmer who's farming the property can pay for that whole life insurance, that whole life insurance, and then the inheritance can go to the other people involved. Because it gets it gets really complicated when you're not actually just talking about the one person; you're talking about the other kids who don't live on the farm. Typically, yeah. it's all we've already got another generation, so there's the grandkids as well, and um, there's and many people want something out of it. So. The succession plan can identify some of those things. It can also identify 
how the business is going to develop and who gets to make decisions, what investments are going to happen and who gets to make those decisions about the business. Because one of the main reasons kids don't farm with their parents is that they can't. They just they can't farm with mom and dad. Dad's right. not going to give up control and they're going to farm till they're 80. And so the kids go and have their own careers. Maybe they buy a farm someplace close by or further away or they do something else. And so it's, it's not even necessarily the kids you're talking about. It's maybe the grandkids or uh, people a little bit further removed from the farm owner. If a farmer doesn't start talking about it by the time they're 60, it gets really complicated later on. And so it's, it, there's, there are other ways to do it, too. And, I, you know, just to throw out some examples, if you, had, if you were still farming, but you had a piece of land that you thought could be used for maybe vegetables and you're doing field crops. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, maybe it's five acres, maybe it's 10, maybe you have a barn, you've got a well that could be accessed by that property. You could lease that out to a new entrant really easily. And it would be a business arrangement, just like um, you would lease out some, some other property. And that person could come on and use the farm. And maybe over time, if there was the ability for certain portions of your farm to be severed, maybe that piece gets severed and passed, transferred to that new farmer. Yes. Sometimes farmers can come and start farming most of the farm while people stay in the farmhouse because this is also where people live right it's different than right a hardware store or a roofing business it's right. your home right so farmers are concerned about well where, where do i have to go and they don't have to move they could live in the farm on the farm in the in the main house if you could build a secondary house that's always a benefit for bringing on a new entrance right. they come and live in that secondary house maybe they farm most of the property maybe not all of it and then there's a clear process for when that house is transferred. Maybe it's when the farmer dies. Maybe it's when they're ready to move into town. And it, as long as it's clear, then the new entrant can invest. Because what happens most of the time that I see is they're handshake deals. Yeah. And a new entrant gets into a relationship. They build their business. They pour all sorts of money into it. But then nothing was written down. And it wasn't clear when it was going to happen. And then, it, and then something happens to that farmer. They hadn't talked to their kids. The kids get involved, and that new entrant gets thrown off the farm. The Christy, farm I think. Uh, yeah, I think you've you've clearly identified that there is plenty to think about when you're putting <laughs> these, you know, and plenty of things to consider when you're thinking about the the transition. Now, we can't do it justice mm -hmm. in in a ten minute clip, but you've got information at FarmLink. So, one more time with the website, if you would. FarmLink.net. We've been joined by Christy Young, and she's the founder and executive director of FarmLink. So go to FarmLink.net if you're interested in, in more information. You can contact Christy directly. Okay, my friend, we've got a uh, seminar coming up here on uh, July 25th that we should remind everybody about. Yeah, uh, Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits, July 25th, 7 p.m. We're going to be talking about matchmaking as well. We're going to talk yeah. about how you match your retirement lifestyle with your investment savings and to make sure that you don't run out of money. We're going to show you the formula. We're going to show you the strategy. And we're going to show you how you can bulletproof your retirement again on July 25th, 7 p.m. At the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits, you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. And just a quick reminder before we sign off that you can access any of our past segments on morethanmoneyradio.com or get them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money, uh, More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on News Talk 770.
David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.